The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. You guys are such great laborers, and tomorrow you get to enjoy the fruit of all your labors. I hope you, I hope you get a day off and you get to kind of sit back and relax. I think everybody does, right? It's like illegal to not have to. I don't know. Get Some the day stuff off. keeps going. Like Some of Chick-fil-A you guys. will be open tomorrow. And really? Yeah. The whole world okay. doesn't shut down on Labor Day, well, Pastor Josh. Yeah. Um, okay. Anybody want to go into labor on Labor Day? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Ready to have a baby. All right. Well, I asked Pastor Josh if I could share with you guys for just a second this morning about something that I am really, really, really excited about, and that's the release of my book, Fearless Parenting. Woohoo! Yeah. Charisma Publishers came to me about a year ago. It's been over a year now, and they asked if I'd like to write a book, and I said, yes, it's been a dream of mine, and uh, they asked me to submit a proposal, and this was the proposal, a book about uh, raising kids who know their purpose from a young age and helping parents go from making fear-based parenting decisions to faith-based parenting decisions, really understanding what the Word says about our kids and how we raise them, and I think something that, that the enemy has done, he's kind of created this smoke screen. And he's got us focused on the wrong thing. Parents are so focused, Christian parents especially, on protecting their kids from the darkness. But the word says that those who follow Jesus will not walk in darkness. Yeah. So the focus isn't about like dark, like protecting them from the darkness. The focus is on connecting these kids with Jesus. Yeah. And, and us as parents, knowing that that's our responsibility. The church helps and the church partners with us, but we as parents can create these pathways for our kids to find a real Jesus, that they don't have to have this middleman relationship where mom and dad kind of act as the middleman, and that's how they get to Jesus. But no, they personally can know him and know his will, the general will for their lives from a young age and walk in it. I am so passionate about this message, and I, I really tell. believe... <laughs> I'm going to just go. I'm going to just go. She's ready. I'm, I'm just, you got this. I'll just walk off. I, uh, I, I, I really believe this is a kingdom message that Christian yeah. parents all over the world need to hear. So I wanted to kind of give you guys an update first because this is my home base. This is my church family. This is my home court advantage right here. And so I want to tell you about something that I'm letting the rest of the world know about tomorrow, and that is um, my pre-order and my launch team that's going to be happening on September 20th. So just in 20 days, you can pre-order a copy of the book. And you can sign up to be on my launch team. Now, what that looks like, a launch team, it sounds super official, but really it's just anybody who believes in this message, not so much that you just believe in me, but I want you to, to believe in this message. So what will happen if you sign up for the launch team, you get an advanced reader's copy, a digital copy of the book, so you get to read it before it releases, and then you can help me pray over the message of this book. You'll be invited to join a personal Facebook or a private Facebook group and then we'll give you things to share so that you can help us promote it. And we'll let you know when you can uh, start leaving reviews on Amazon and letting people know that this is a good 
a book full of the word. I'm telling you, I'm not just saying this because I wrote it, because I really feel like I didn't. I feel like the Holy Spirit wrote this book through me. I would sit down at this coffee shop every Tuesday and Thursday last year and open my laptop and the Holy Spirit would just give me revelation on parenting. It's, I read it through the other day and I was in bed with him and I closed it and I was just like, this is such a good book. <laughs> like it just took me, took me back a little bit, but I, I, I want you guys to join me in promoting this. So tomorrow you'll see a post like this on my Instagram. I'd love for you to like it tag a couple friends that you may think would be interested in being a part of that launch team, sharing posts about the book leading up for it, praying for it, leaving reviews, and helping me get this message out there. It's going to be at Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Amazon, Kindle, uh, Books A Million. It's going to be out there, but the more people we have pre-ordering and pushing it, the more attention we get from distributors, which means the more people across the world get a hold of this message. So I'd love for you to pray about this and, um, and hopefully sign up on September 20th to join that launch team. All right. You, you sure you don't want it? I'm Just, good. Okay. Go for it. All right. Give Sarah a hand. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up to Matthew chapter 4. So good to see you this morning. We got a lot going on right now at New Song Church. We're excited about the future. Books are being released. Other big announcements are going to be coming down tomorrow, next week. Football officially begins tonight. Matthew chapter 4. Tonight I want to talk to you about or this morning, I want to talk to you about sharing the hope. Oh, yeah, by the way, I want to welcome everybody watching online. Church, would you help me welcome our online audience? So glad to have you with us this morning. I want to talk to you today about, about the hope that we have in Jesus and how we can share that hope with the world around us. And, and what I'd hope to do in this message is I want to help you to have confidence in the calling and, and then I want to show you practical. I want to get real practical with you today and how to do this. Really give you some practical ways to, to help you to share this message of Jesus Christ. So let's just jump right into it. First of all, the first thing you need to understand is sharing hope is what we're called to do. As Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are called to share a message of hope. In fact, what's interesting in the Bible, when you look at uh, the Bible, when it talks about the gospel message, the message of Jesus uh, most of the time, it doesn't talk about sharing your faith. It actually talks about sharing your hope. In fact, when you think about gospel, it actually, that's good news. There's, there's hope in that. And that makes sense, really, because sharing your faith, faith is what you believe in. Hope is why you believe it. And it's hard to have faith in something that you don't have a hope in. Like you didn't come to Jesus just because you had faith in Jesus. You came to Jesus most likely because you had a hope in what Jesus could do for you and, and that he could, he could heal you and that he could forgive you and that he could change your future. And there's a hope found in this gospel message of Jesus Christ. That's, that's good news, right? And that's, what, that's, what the, that's the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. It's good news. The, the, the hope is that, that God loves you. And God is for you. And he made a way by sending his son, Jesus, to come to this earth and die on the cross. So, it, so it's not about what you do. Because how many of you know, we, we don't have a lot of hope in our performance. But I can have hope in the performance of Jesus and what he did for me. And that he made the way. And I just, I just rest and accept that. And I'm forgiven and made new. That is a message of hope that we have. And that God has called us to share with the world. 
In fact, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is, is reaching out to this group of guys, and he is going to invite these guys to follow him and, and be a part of the salvation of the world. He's inviting them to this incredible rescue mission that he's, he's going to do. And he goes to this group of guys, and, and they're just normal guys. They're just kind of everyday Joes. These guys are tax collectors and, and fishermen, and some of them are actually rejected by, they've already been rejected by other rabbis. They're, they're not real highly educated. They're just, they're just kind of normal people. And Jesus goes to these guys, and he says, hey, I'm inviting you to be a part of something incredible. And what Jesus says here, what I'm about to read to you as, as I read this, I want you to recognize this. This wasn't just Jesus' call for that group of disciples. This is his call for us as a church. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ today, you may be a regular Joe. You may not be highly educated in the, in the theology of the Scripture, but God has called you to do something incredible. Look at this with me. Matthew 4, verse 19, Jesus calls to these guys and says, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. New Song Church, you need to understand something today. Jesus wants us to fish for people. He, he's inviting us to, to, to fish for people, to pull people out of the worldly system that maybe they find themselves in, to reel them in to something greater, to, to salvation and eternal life in Jesus Christ. Jesus desires that all should be saved, and he invites us to be a part of that. We play a big part in that. I was studying this, this verse this week, Matthew 4, 19, and sometimes, maybe you've been here before, where you're, you're reading a verse, and you're studying a verse, and you're meditating on this verse. That's what I was doing. Now, when I say that, if you're new to church, I wasn't like sitting down with my legs crossed, humming, and staring at my belly button. That's a different kind of meditation. <laughs> I was meditating on this verse. I was going over this verse over and over again, and I was, I was thinking about it, and I was processing what, what's here. I felt like the Holy Spirit was trying to show me, there's something more I want you to see in this. And so finally, I, I came to my senses, and I said, all right, Holy Spirit, what is it? What am I missing here? And, and real quickly, God told me this. God wants to use you as bait. God wants to use you as bait. Now, think about, we're talking about fishing, right? When you go fishing, you, you go out, and I don't know a lot about fishing, but I know this. In order to catch a fish, I got to have some bait. And so you got to get your, your hook, and you got to get your bait. And there's different bait for different fish and for different seasons. And depending on where you're fishing, you got to have different bait. But then I'm going to take that bait, and I'm going to place it where the fish are. And, and so hopefully, here's what I want, is that that, that fish is going to see that bait, and he's going to be like, oh, what's up, bait? <laughs> hey. Right? He's going to see the bait and be kind of attracted to that bait. Smell that bait and be like, mm-hmm, what's up, bait? And go over to the bait and, and, and partake of the bait. And then what happens is the fish gets hooked and they're brought into something else, right? Listen, church, this is what God's called us to do. God's called us to go into the world, to go into places where lost people are, where people who don't know Jesus are, and to be bait, that they would see us and they would say, I, I, I like what I see there. I see something in them that I like. And, and because of that, they, they come closer to God and they get hooked into the kingdom of God and brought out of their mess into the family of, of God and eternal life in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the really good news about that for you guys. If you're called to be bait, listen, God wants you to be attractive to the world. And I'm not talking about your looks. I'm talking about your life. He wants you to live a life in such a way that your life, the world says, man, I like what I see in their finances. 
I like what I see in their marriage. I like what I see in, in, in how they live their life, how they're raising their kids. I li- I, there's something about them that I like. Listen, it, it, this is why this is such good news, because God wants to bless you. You being poor, that's not attractive to the world. You being sick, that's not, they're not going to go, oh, you're sick. That, I want some of that. No. You, you not being able to pay your bills and, and, and being frustrated and aggravated, that's, that's not God's plan for your life. So listen, in the very idea that God wants you to be bait is this idea that God wants to bless you so that people look at your life and they see something in you that builds hope in them for something greater. The gospel is at work in you. The good news is seen through you. So, so that's what Jesus wants. So how do, we, how do we accomplish this? We'll look back at Matthew 4.19. Or actually, let me show you this verse first. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that we are Christ's ambassadors. We're called to be Christ's ambassadors. You know what an ambassador is? Like the United States has ambassadors. They go into other, other countries and they represent the culture of the United States there. They represent the laws and the rules of the United States in other places. We're called to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ. That we would go into the world and we would represent a different culture. We would represent a different way of living, a different standard of rules, a different way that's possible for others to live. We're called to be ambassadors. So God wants to bless you so you, you're an ambassador, a good ambassador for him. Now look at how do you do this. Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me. Everybody say, follow me. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Listen, the byproduct of following Jesus is you fish for people. Your life already attracts people to the things of God, but also the other side of that is if you're actually following Jesus, you're going after people. Because if you look at the life of Jesus, you're going to discover really quickly that Jesus was going after people. In fact, the life of Jesus exemplified that people are priority. Jesus valued people. That's why he came to this earth. He put on skin, wrapped himself in flesh, allowed that flesh to be torn apart and broken at the cross. Why? So that me and you could be saved because he prioritized other people and other people being reached. So if we're Christians, which by the way, Christians mean Christ-like, but it also means this. They used to call Christians, in, in the, when the church was first being established, they would talk about Christians. And what it meant was little Christs. That these were little ambassadors of Jesus, little pictures of the image of Jesus around the world. You're, if that's you, then that means you prioritize people. You value people. You're, your God is working in you and through you as you go into the world to reach lost people and bring the hope of Jesus Christ to them. So I want to give you five things this morning to give you confidence in this calling. Because maybe you're sitting here today and you're going, ah, this is kind of scary. I don't know about this. I want to I show you some stuff today that I believe is going to give you confidence to go do what God's called you to do. Here's the first thing. Is you got to realize that everyone has the same desires. Every person that you come in contact with has the same desires. We all want to be loved and accepted. Some people might say that they don't. Some people may act like they don't. The people that act like they don't, they just act like that because they desire that. And at some point, somebody hurt them or rejected them. And so now they act like they don't want that. They reject others before they're rejected. But I'm telling you, at the heart of every person, we want to be loved and accepted. We desire that. And, and what we really desire is to be loved and accepted by God. In fact, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says it this way, God has planted eternity in, the, in every human heart. God has planted eternity in every human heart. Here's what that means. There's something inside every person. There's a desire inside every person that says, I want something more than what this world has to offer. Yes. 
Maybe you've heard somebody say it like this before. It's a, it's a God-shaped hole. That everyone has this, this hole within themselves. And it's shaped to, to where only Jesus can fit in that hole. Only God can fit in that hole. We try to fill it up with other stuff because we know there's something missing. We know something's off. So we try to fill it up. So we try to fill it up with money. We try to fill it up with power. We try to fill it up with sex. But nothing fits into that hole except a relationship with God. Everyone has a desire to be connected to God, whether they realize it or not. And listen, you've got what everyone desires. You have that. You've got the answer. And God wants you to share this answer. God wants that answer to go to everybody. In fact, the Bible says it like this in 2 Corinthians 5.15. It says, Jesus included everyone. Everybody say everyone. In his death. So everyone, say everyone, could be included in his life. Now look at this. A resurrection life, a far better life. That's the life God's called you to. And I don't care who you know, I don't care what they act like, I don't care how much money they have, how together they may look, everybody wants what you've got. And what you offer is better than what they've already got. If they're away from Jesus, what you offer is better. If it looks like they got, they may have houses at the lake houses and beachside property, it doesn't matter. What you have is better than what they've got. You've got a better life, you have the best life. You have what they really desire, and it should give you confidence in your calling that what you're bringing to the table is really what they desire, what they need, and what they want. Here's the second thing, is everybody has the same questions. Everybody has the same questions. Christian, non-Christian, believer, non-believer, whatever. Everyone wants to know, why am I here? What am I doing? What's the purpose of life? What's, what's the point? What's going to happen after I die? Everybody has those questions. And guess what? You've got the answer. You have the word of God, which is called the truth. You've got the truth of the word of God. It's true. So you know the truth. You've got Jesus. You have the fill-in-the-blank answers to everyone's questions. can be found through the word of God and through a relationship with Jesus. So you have the answer to people's questions. Here's number three. Everybody's heart has a key. Everybody's heart has a key. There, there's a key to everyone's heart. You know, people would come to Jesus in the Bible. You, you see, when people would come to Jesus, they would come there for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes they would come to him and, and they were sick and they came to him because they needed healing. Sometimes they came to Jesus and they had questions. But they came to Jesus for different reasons. And the same is true today. People come to Jesus for a lot of different reasons. They've got questions. They, they need healing. They they're looking for, for significance and purpose. They're, they're looking for these things. And if we will just be a people that takes the time to listen, then, then if we do that, eventually we're gonna find that, that felt need that they have that would bring them to Jesus. But it's gonna take us being willing to, to be quiet and to listen and allow the Holy Spirit to, as we listen, reveal the felt need of their life. I'm going to talk to you more about that in a little bit, but, but you got to listen. Everyone's heart has a key, and you've got the key to that heart in Jesus Christ. Uh, here's number four. We have what they want. We have what they want. The invitation that we invite them to is something incredible. A few years ago, I had a, a friend of mine call me up, and he said, hey, I have some thunder tickets for tomorrow night's game if you want to go. I'd love for you to go with me. And I had just been out of town at a conference the week before. It had been a really busy time. 
I had a busy week ahead of me. I'd been away from home. And so when he first told me, I was kind of thinking, I don't know about this. I got, I kind of, a night at home kind of sounds good. I love the Thunder Games as much as the next guy, but just kind of felt like staying at home. And so I, I hung up the phone. I told him, hey man, let me talk to my wife and then I'll, I'll get back with you. And I really wasn't planning on going. I kind of got back into to work. Well, that night I come home and I'm having dinner with my family. And Sarah goes, hey, I heard you got invited to a Thunder game. I was like, yeah, how did, how did you know about it? She's like, well, his wife called me up. And just so you know, the tickets that he's offering you are incredible. They are on the floor right next to the Thunder bench. They give you access to this little room you can go back into throughout the game where there's like this buffet and you can eat and have drink, and like sodas and all that stuff, drinks. I don't be careful there. Sodas, stuff like that. And, and I was like, oh, and while she's like telling me this, I'm texting him, hey, dude, I'm in, right? <laughs> because here's the thing. Once I knew how incredible the invitation was, I was in. And you know, in, in life, we get a lot of invitations, don't we? Sometimes we get invited, it's real casual. Someone's like, hey man, we're gonna go grab pizza and go see this movie, you guys wanna go? And we're like, yeah, you know, that sounds good. Sometimes you get like the Evite, you know, or like the Facebook, you know, you're invited to this thing. And I love those, because you can kind of check and see who's going, so you can decide. <laughs> don't act like you don't do it. You know, you're looking through there going, oh, they're going? Hey, I don't think we're gonna make it. <laughs> you do it, you know you do. We get, sometimes we get formal. I got a formal invitation this morning from some people that want me to come to their wedding, you know? Jay's getting married back there. Our sound guy's getting married. And I, and I got invited. Sarah was like, should you talk about that in front of people? Like, they didn't, what if they didn't get invited? I don't care. I got invited. You, you can just get over it. I, Jay, you want everybody here, there? Probably not, right? Put you on the spot. Jay got a haircut, by the way. Look at him back there. Looks presentable. Looks like he's getting married soon. But we get invited to stuff, right? And here's the thing. When you get invited to something, here's what that says. Your, your presence is desired. Uh, we want you there. We, we want you to be there. You're welcomed at this. You have an invitation. And the better the invitation, the more likely you are to attend. Uh, once I knew how incredible the thunder tickets were, I wanted to go. Listen, what, what we have to offer, the invitation we're presenting to people is far greater than an Oklahoma City Thunder game. We're talking about eternal life. We're talking about the answer to people's questions. We're talking about hope and, and a purpose for their life. We, we have something incredible. We have what they want. And so we should have confidence when we go to share this with people. And then here's number five. Here's number five. We're not alone in this. Like, I get it. I, I remember being, you know, like a kid at church and hearing people talk about, you know, sharing the gospel and stuff and sitting there thinking, man, what if I go to do this? And they ask me like, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? And I'm going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> like we get afraid. Like, what if I don't have all the answers? Well, I'm not telling you, you got to have all the answers. I'm just telling you that, that you have the answer in Jesus Christ. And you're not alone in this. Like they may have their excuses as to why, you know, they don't want this. But, but on your side, you've got the truth of the word of God, and, and you've also got a helper called the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible says this. It says that God has not given you a spirit of fear. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. It's not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And then it goes on to say this in verse 8. It says, do not be ashamed to tell others about what our Lord said. So notice we, we have this Holy Spirit with us who's given us power, that's boldness, the boldness you need. If you're, if you're a little afraid, just invite the Holy Spirit to give you some boldness. 
And then love, the love that you need to share this message and a sound mind. That means the ability to say the right things and share this message in a way that speaks to them and relates to them. In fact, Luke 21 verse 15 says this, this will be your chance to tell others about your faith or your hope. But, but don't worry about what you'll say to defend yourselves. I will give you the wisdom to know what to say. See, when you're talking to somebody, you got the Holy Spirit on your side. And as you begin to start sharing your hope with them, he's going to begin to start showing you what to say and how to say it. But not only that, not only is he working with you, he's working on them. He's drawing them to to conviction. He's talking to them and and making the word that you're sharing with them come alive to them. you got to help her. You're not alone in this. You're not by yourself. Jesus is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you to to do this. And he promises to be there. So you're not alone. So everyone has the same desires. And you know what that desire is. And you can meet them in their greatest desire. Everybody has the same questions. You've got the answer to those questions. Everyone has a a key to their heart. If you'll listen, God will show you what that is. We, We have what they want. What we have is the greatest gift that could ever be given to any human being. And and we're not alone in this. So how do we do it, all right? I'm gonna give you four things as we close out the service today, four things to help you practically share the hope of Jesus Christ. Here's number one, you ready? You gotta, number one, live it. You gotta live it. Before you talk the talk, what is it? You gotta walk the walk, right? The Bible says this in 1 Peter 2, 12. Live such good lives among the pagans. That's just talking about non-believers. And by the way, don't be calling people pagans. <laughs> don't be like, hey, dude, you're a pagan, right? And it's not going to go over well. They're going to be like, live such good lives among the, the pagans that even though, <laughs> that's a shirt we should make. Non-pagan. There you go. Even though they, they now speak against you, check this out, they now speak against you as evildoers, they will, as a result of seeing your good actions, say that with me, seeing your good actions, seeing your good actions, they see that, they will give glory to God on the day of his coming. In order for them to give glory to God on the day of his coming, that means they got converted. And how do they get converted? By seeing your good actions. Listen, God has called you to be both an audio and a video disciple. Audio and visual. They don't just hear it, they see it. They got to see it. Before they're going to believe in it, they got to see it. And in order for this to happen, listen, I'm going to get super practical with you, okay? In order for us to share this message, we got to do something that seems like it's becoming harder and harder for people to do these days. And that is this. You got to be nice to people. (laughs) Right? Like uh, we, our kids started school this year and they're starting at new schools and stuff. And, and you know, you got to kind of sit down with them one-on-one and it's like, okay, you, they want friends. So you got to be friendly. You got to be nice. Okay, church, I'm telling you today, you got to be nice to people. You called to be nice. You're not going to win your enemies for Jesus Christ. If people don't like you, they ain't going to like the Jesus you offer. You got to be friendly. You got to be friends. You got to... Listen, they want to know that before they know that they can trust God, they got to know that they can trust you. Are, are you real? Is God real? I don't know, but are you real? That's what they want to know. So you got to be nice to people. Romans 12, 13 says, practice hospitality. Do you practice hospitality with lost people? What is hospitality? Making people feel welcome and wanted. I know you can do it because listen, we got it going on here at New Song Church. This is a friendly church. We're the friendliest church in the city. We welcome people. 
But are you practicing this in your life? Are you welcoming people into your life? Are you welcoming people in your home? Are you, welco- are you taking people out for coffee that you know they're lost? Are you, are you inviting them to the game? Creating avenues through which you can share the hope of Jesus Christ with other people. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they, say this with me, see your good works. They see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Notice what happens. They see how you live your life. They see the work of your life. They see something that's attractive. Not because you're perfect, because no one's perfect. You ain't gonna be perfect. But they just see something in you and they say, that, that, I, I want what I see in them. That's attractive. That, that looks good. You got to live it. You got to live it. Here's, here's number two. And, I, and what I'm saying, this is going to sound kind of funny, but you're going to listen first. I know this is number two, but it's listen first. First, you got to live it, but then listen first as you reach out to them. You guys tracking with me? Yeah. And I'm not talking about, you don't just go start talking to people. You got to listen. I, one of the great gifts that you have in sharing the, the gospel, the good news, the hope of Jesus is right here on your head. Your ears. We live in a world that's listening deficient. The people pay thousands of dollars to go sit with counselors. And I, I, know, I know people that do counseling, and they'll tell you, a lot, 90% of what I do is just, I just listen. People pay money to have people listen to them. <laughs> so listen, if you'll listen, then you stand out in the world around you. And what happens is as you begin to listen to people, you'll, you'll, you'll hear what the need of their heart is. What's that felt need? A lot of times I go into conversations and I'll make the decision going into it. I'm going to talk as little as possible. I'm going to just listen. I'm going to allow them to talk. And the only time I'm going to talk is to ask them questions that get them talking more. Everybody wants to talk. I, I meet people, I meet pastors, and all they want to do is talk about themselves and talk about their church. Talk. It's just like, bro, come on. You want to know what's going on with me at all? Do you care at all? Is this how, like, we got to be listeners. Ask questions. Be a listener. Proverbs 18, 13 says, always listen before you answer. Before you try to give somebody the answer, my question is, are you listening? When you listen, you show people. You prove to people that you actually care about them. And then what begins to happen is as you listen, God through the Holy Spirit will begin to show you that area, that felt need of their life that you can then begin to minister from and minister to as you listen. But you got to listen. Here's number three. Share your stories. you got to share your stories. Share your stories. Now, look at what it says here. Actually, let let me say it like this. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to reach the world. And you don't have to have like the worst testimony in the world to reach the world either. Like sometimes we think, man, that guy's got a really bad, good testimony. Like his life was really bad and that makes it good. But if you're thinking that way, you're thinking the wrong way because you're thinking that your testimony is about how bad you were, but your testimony about, is about how good God is. So that's what this is about. And so you, you have testimony. And, and, and notice, I didn't say share your story. I said share your stories. I'm not just talking about how you got saved. I'm talking about the different times that Jesus has shown up in your life. If Jesus ever has shown up and, and spoken to you wisdom, you got a testimony. If Jesus has ever shown up in your health and healed you, you got a testimony. If he's shown up in your finances, wherever, these are all testimonies. Any story that points to the goodness of God is a testimony you can share. 
A story about the goodness of God is your testimony, and you've got lots of them. And as you're listening to somebody and they're telling you their needs, then you can apply the story from your life that applies to that, that area. See, God surrounds you with people who have needs that, that you can fill in the gaps for them. You can help them connect with God by sharing your stories with them. So you listen, and then you, you speak from those stories. And let me tell you, let me kind of break this down for you, okay? Here's how you can break down your testimonies. It starts with this, what my life was like before Christ. If you're taking notes, what my life was like before Christ, or what my life, this area of my life was like before Jesus. The second thing is how I realized I needed Jesus in my life. The, that, that moment of realization, or maybe it's that moment of realization in this particular area where God broke through for you. And then the third thing is the difference Jesus made in my life or the difference Jesus made in this area of my life. You got a good testimony. And I want to encourage you to take some time to think through your testimonies, to, to sit down and think about the different times that God's been good to you and he's shown up for you so that you've got these fresh on your mind so that you're ready to share them when the moment comes. 1 John 5.10 says this, those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony of God in them. There's lots of testimonies in you. If you'll just invite the Holy Spirit to bring those to you and listen, you can share those with people. And here's number four. Bring them to an encounter. If you want to share the hope with people, the hope of Jesus, one of the great ways you can do this is by bringing them to an encounter. Or let me say it like this. Bring them to church. Bring them to New Song Church. Because I want you to know something. At this church, we are not about practicing religion. We don't want you to bring people to a religious ceremony. We want you to bring people to an encounter with Jesus. We desire that as a church. That's what we go after. And there's power in, in, in church. You know, it, it's statistically proven that people are more likely to come to Jesus in a corporate setting like this or in an in a environment where there's more than one Christian than just in a one-on-one situation. It's called a corporate witness. And what happens is, is people show up at, at a church service, they, they walk around here, and they may like you and see a lot of good stuff in you, but when they show up here, they see a bunch of yous. And they go, oh, wow, these people, maybe they know something I don't know. And they have this encounter with people. But beyond that, they also have a real encounter with Jesus, with the presence of God. They don't normally experience that. I can't tell you how many times I've met people out in the lobby, and they're just like, I remember the first time I came here. And I just, as soon as I walked onto the grounds, I could just sense something different about this place. Yeah, that's called the presence of God. And he's here because we invite him here. We covet him being here. I, I, I pray all week that God's going to show up in this message and speak to people. We pray that God's going to show up in our worship services and God's going to be here in a tangible way that people experience the love of God in a very real way. And we have faith that that's going to happen because the Bible says, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you invite me in, I'll come in. So we invite Jesus in. We pray every week that he's going to come here and he's going to show up. The Bible says where two or more are gathered together in my name, I'm there with them. Listen, there's more than two people in this room this morning, isn't there? The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. We've been praising God, worshiping God this morning. There's three verses right there that tell you that God shows up at church. And so what happens is you bring people here, not only do they see a bunch of other believers, but they have this encounter with God and Jesus can begin to speak to them and the conviction of the Holy Spirit speaks to them and says, hey, I got more for you and starts to breathe this hope of something greater that can be found in Jesus. And I'm inviting you as a church to be that kind of person, 
to be a person who maybe you don't have all the answers. Maybe you don't know the Bible backwards and forwards and know all the theology, but here's what you do know. You know Jesus and you can be a people that say, hey, just come and see. Just come with me. Come check this out. I just, I I promise you, if you just come, you'll see something like you've never seen before. There's a story in the Bible where Jesus is inviting these disciples to follow him. And he meets this guy named Philip and invites Philip. And Philip gets so pumped about this. He can't, I mean, he, he, he finds the Messiah. He recognizes that Jesus is the one. And so he begins to immediately go out and start telling other people about it. John 1 verse 45, it says this. It says, Philip found Nathanael. So he goes to this friend of his and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So he's saying, hey, this is the guy. This is the guy we've all been waiting for. This is the Messiah. I've got him. Now look at what it says here, verse 46. And Nathanael said unto him, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Now look at his response. Philip saith unto him, come and see. See, Philip understood something. If I can just get you close to Jesus, if I can just get you into an encounter with Jesus, it's going to take care of itself. He, He didn't try to argue with him. He didn't go, well, you know, Actually, yes, something good can come out of Nazareth. In the, the Old Testament, it actually speaks to the Messiah coming out. He doesn't get in all that. He just says, he just says, come and see. Just come and see. Just come check this out. And New Song Church, I want us to be a church full of Phillips. I want us to be a come and see people. A people who, I'm not telling you you have to know every answer. I'm not telling you you have to know theology backwards and forwards. I'm just telling you, be a person that just invites and brings and says, hey, just just come and see and has the faith to believe that if they can just get into this encounter with Jesus, that he can take over and he can do what you can't do. Now, I bet many of you in here, you're here today because at some point somebody went up to you and they said, hey, come and see. Just come check this out. Maybe you got a mailer in the mail that said, come and see. Maybe it was a friend of yours, whatever it was, there was something at some point in your life, maybe it was a parent, I don't know, but somebody said, come and see. And I wonder sometimes, I wonder who's waiting on the other side of our come and see. I wonder what people are out there that are waiting and and our invitation could lead to a revelation that could change their eternal destination. Who out there, I wonder who's waiting on the other side of your invitation. I'm Matt. You know me from work and we briefly talk every day by the coffee machine. As far as you know, my life is going fine, but reality is it's falling apart. I can barely make ends meet. I wish I knew what to do. I'm Julie. I run the gate for your community. You wave hi to me as you drive by after work. I always wave back with a smile. I see the church sticker on the back of your car as you leave, and I just wish I could be a part of that. But my shyness has led me to a point of loneliness, and I just lose more hope every day. I'm Navik. I don't know much about you, but I do know that you're big into that church thing and that you like your coffee order with light ice and no water. Most days I'm content, but sometimes I wonder what the purpose of life is. I wish I could ask if you knew the answer, but you seem so busy. I'm Brennan, your personal trainer. I'm sure you think I have it all together because of my fitness level, but I've made a lifestyle of chasing a perfect image to feel valuable. I never feel satisfied. I see how you walk around with an inner joy that you say comes from your God, and I just wish I could have that. I'm too proud to ask to go with you to church, but I just wish you would ask me. Everybody say, come and see. 
I want to I challenge you with something this week and in the upcoming weeks. And my challenge is not, hey, go throw a sign on yourself that says turn or burn and walk around the streets. That's not it. Because that ain't going to help nobody. There's no hope in that. This is a message of hope we bring. And I, I want to challenge you to be a person who goes into your world and is the bait God's called you to be. That you would go into your world and you would find people who need Jesus and share the hope that you found in Jesus with them. Share your story. Realize you have the answer and be bold with it. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Listen to people. You know, next week we, we've got our birthday service. We're going to have some really cool stuff here. Some nice kind of icing on the cake, so to speak, kind of stuff that will help you to, to get people here. But but I can also tell you this, over the next several weeks, we're going to be presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ to people in a way that maybe they've never heard it before. And they're going to see that, that Jesus loves them. And, and, but, but they're not going to see that if you don't invite them to come and see. And so we, we've got these invitations as you leave today that we put them into little bundles. And here's what I, I want you to do. I want you to, to take some of these today. And I want you to do a couple things. Number one is I want you to pray over them. I want you to pray over them, not just for you, yes, for you, but also for us. Because a lot of these are going to go out this week. And I want you to pray this, that the presence of God would ride on this invitation. That as these go into people's hands, that something on this says, come and see. That they, they wake up in the night and this thing is speaking to them because the Holy Spirit's speaking to them. Drawing them to conviction, drawing them to, to the love of Jesus Christ. Pray over that. Second thing I want you to do is I want you to hand these out to people. Put these into people's hands and say, come and see. I'll, I'll buy you lunch if you come with me. I'll, 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 I'll give you a ride. I'll save you a seat. By the way, if you can, don't come to this service. <laughs> First and third, we've got some space. Now, I get it. Like, if you have to come to this service, that's fine. But if you can move around next week, that would really be great. We're expecting a packed house. And as you can see... There ain't a whole lot of open seats in here, but there are open seats in first and there are open seats in third. So, so invite people and put these into their hands and believe God that, that we're gonna be a come and see people. We're gonna reveal the hope of Jesus Christ. And then just keep praying over those people. There are people out there. They're lost. They don't have what we have. This is too good to keep to ourselves, isn't it? And there's people, and, and yes, they're, they're, they're heading towards eternal separation from God that's horrible but the other thing is they're living in hell right now and they're waiting for you I really believe that church there's some people waiting on your invitation this week I believe that lives are going to be changed over the next several weeks if you will be a come and see people so I'm inviting you to be a part of that with me would you do that church if so say amen, amen. let's bow your heads let's pray Lord we love you today and we believe today that our invitations can, can lead to a revelation that changes someone's eternal destination. And so we pray, God, that you would use us. I pray even now as we sit in this room, you begin to show us people, people in our schools, people in our, in our groups that were at the coffee shops and like that video, the people that we just run into on a daily basis that need to know you. Lord, help us to see them. I pray right now that people are seeing faces that they're hearing names, that you're speaking to us and what to do, God. And I pray that every invitation would, would 
carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit and, and would find its way into hands that are ready to hear, that are ready to see. Lord, help us to become and see people in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. With your head still bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here today and, and you've never come into a relationship with God. You would say today that you, you're lost and, and you want to be close to God today. Or maybe you're here today and you at one point were close to God, but today you say, I'm not where I should be. I know I need to change some stuff. Well, I would love to pray for you. I'd love to pray with you, actually. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and you can be saved. You receive a brand new spirit. You go from being dead to being made alive with this new spirit in Jesus Christ. So if that's you today, I'd love to pray with you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I want you to just repeat after me. And church, since we're all in agreement, let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I confess I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And I believe that Jesus died for me. And I believe that he rose from the dead for me. So Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. I give you my all. I will live my life for you. Thank you for saving me. I confess your Lord in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Let's give those a hand that prayed that prayer today. I want to go ahead and invite our altar ministry team to come down at this time. If you're here today and you have a prayer need of any kind, we would love to pray for you. We say this all the time at New Song Church. If it matters to you, it matters to God. If you're dealing with anything in your physical body, you're dealing with a mind battle, or you're just standing in faith for something, we'd love to join our faith with you in whatever it is that you have a need of. Also, uh, if you prayed that prayer today to receive Jesus, I want to encourage you to do one more thing, and that's just let one of these guys know. Just come down, say, hey, I prayed that prayer today to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I really meant it, because we want to give you a, a book, a, a resource that's going to help you to, to walk out this, this walk of, of faith in Jesus Christ that, that God's called you to, to really step into all that Jesus has for you. So don't leave without, without receiving that today. Church, would you stand with me? If you have a prayer need, you can come down at any time. Otherwise, let's just take one more moment here. Let's just worship God this morning. Let's, let's thank Him for being our answer. Let's thank Him for the hope that we find in Him. Lord Jesus, we love You. We say today that we're so grateful that You died on the cross for our sins, that You made a way so we could have hope in you and through you and Lord we pray that we would be used by you to impact our world with this incredible gospel good news message of hope Lord use us today use us this week in Jesus name Amen Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song you can email info at newsongpeople.com If you would like to partner with New Song through giving go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.